Uh, and and I, I guess if you ask me where I am, I'm just gonna like say the Thunder Zone HQ. Hell like yeah, top secret. Great. And that's it. That's that's all. That every otherwise, let's go. Uh, great. All right. You ready, Molly? I'm ready. Welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about words, about music. I'm Chris Wade. And I'm Molly O'Brien. And introducing pop punk. It's the divisive genre you either love to hate or hate to love. And today we're going to be taking a look at this particular aesthetic mutation of stripped-down, sneering, anarchistic rock and radio-friendly bops of juvenile yearning, talking about where punk ends and pop begins and discussing just what counts as pop punk anyway. But first, let's introduce our own guest guiding us on this journey. He's a musician and a scholar working towards a new big tent definition of pop punk. It's Juicebox. Juicebox, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about pop punk. Uh, Hell yeah. Aren't we all always? I feel like this is one of those things going in that it's, it's almost become like a meme uh, over the last, I don't know, five, ten years, especially as uh, you know, people who grew up in the early late 90s, early 2000s become adults. Of, of like pop punk as like a guilty pleasure genre. Like you maybe mm-hmm. people identifying as like a pop punk kid, but that was kind of a narrow bandwidth of what was definitionally pop punk. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that at this point, like certain signifiers from pop punk have crept into like a good portion of contemporary music in one way or another. Yeah. I'm, I just want to like start off by trying to, to hone in on what this exactly was. And the, the way that I'm doing this is looking up the, uh, the banner for the Warp Tour in uh, 2001. That's a, as good of a way to do it as any. Yeah. And trying to co- pull up some uh, uh, names from this. Let's see if I can get even one that's like high enough definition. <laughs> uh, every, um, every internet picture from yeah. that time is like 240 pixels wide. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we're talking, oh boy. We're talking Pennywise. We're talking me first in the Gimme Gimmies. Uh, the 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 Phoenix TX. Remember that name? Good. I, you know what? Yeah. I went to the Warp Tour in 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 '01 and in '98. So like, oh my god, is this bringing um, back uh, 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 sense memories? Yeah. Oh my god. It, those are for, the '98 one was insanely formative for me, and it's probably like secretly the reason why I'm still obsessed with uh, pop punk. Do you do you have any any highlights from uh, Warp Tour '98? Like the the absolute most uh, bangers of the bangers. I believe it was '98. It could have been '99. Like I should double check on that. But it was in the Milwaukee County Stadium, the baseball stadium's parking lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> great. And Green Day played, and Rancid played, and No Effects played. It was pretty stacked, and there was a good amount of ska too. And you know what? There's even a little bit of swing revival. Listen, this Ooh. isn't a podcast about swing revival, but I just want to put it out there. That shit was so fucked in the late '90s that like you were at a essentially a skate punk festival, and there was like a couple swing bands. I think Big Bad Voodoo, da- no Cherry Pop and Daddies were on, were on the warp. Well, then. well, the it's the intersection of ska that it was like one of the only trombone safe spaces in pop music. So if you're you had a band with a trombonist in it, you're like, "Well, we have to go to the warp tour because it's the, it's the only place where we are allowed to play." Yeah, no doubt. And you know what? Like uh the, that's the next playlist I'm going to make, just reframing Swing Revival for a new era. Uh you know we what? We need that in yeah. our lives for sure. Uh uh you know what? Uh, Ariana Grande's side to side is swing revival. Go ahead. Let's. I'll say it. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Let's start. Yeah. Okay. The playlist is going to write itself. <laughs> All right. So we're having you on and talking about this because you recently uh, came out with a, a piece in Talk House, which is a very good, uh, what would you call it? Publication, blog, collection, yeah, media, collection of musicians adventure. writing about music uh, that always has good stuff in there. But you came out with a, a piece there that was uh, a about a playlist that you made that's a nine-hour pop-punk playlist that basically tries to have if I could define it, like the most expansive definition of what the aesthetic of pop punk is. Would you would you like to take it from there and, and talk a little bit more about what you wrote, Juicebox? Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's focused only on the past 20 years. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, in a way, I could have almost called it power pop, but that feels like of a different era. It feels like pop punk is really like the new terminology for any sort of high energy uh guitar music or anything even influenced by high energy guitar music i Mm. mean past 20 years rock and roll has become more and more irrelevant and because of that i feel like a lot of the battles that i fought when i was a kid are just completely irrelevant (laughs) along with it you know yeah yeah like, like so, like that you know what what's metal and what's not. Or like, are you a poser? I remember being like a young teen, and that was like the defining question of like alternative music listening ship. Is like, well, like, are you for real or are you a poser? And like, that's completely that's been yeah. obliterated now. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck because rock music isn't that popular. So who gives a shit? Yeah, you know what I mean, like now it's just like, and instead of being like, oh, it's dead or whatever it means nothing i'm just kind of like let's have some fun with it you know yeah and that's sort of the, the the playlist in a way is just attempting to open people's brains to like some new ideas or some new combinations that could maybe happen within that wide lens yeah and i like the way that you frame it because it, honestly it's the way that i frame it as well is that you can really take an expansive definition of what rock music is and just say something like as you said guitar music um, or even sometimes I think of it as uh, music where people play instruments, yes. uh, which is not meant to yeah. have like a uh, value judgment. And I know a lot of the music that you play uh, or, or would play too. I think you have a backing band right now on your new thing. But when we saw you last year, it was, you know, going off of like a drum machine or an iPod or something, you know, that is a form of, of music. Uh, but the kind of music where you actually get a band together to play it is another type. Uh, and that in itself is like maybe the most expansive definition of what I would consider, quote, rock music in popular culture right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. no, totally. And the, the thing that makes this playlist even more complicated or even more wide than that is that I'm putting in a lot of like essentially contemporary rap music that yes. I feel like is interpolating pop punk in one way or another. So like it's even almost like wider than just guitar music. It's really just kind of about I suppose a few core tenets of what I feel like pop punk or even if you want to like step back more just like power pop means, which is like juvenile melody, energy, whatever, just very, very general like things. Yeah. Let's I, let's go ahead and listen to one of those right off the bat because sure. I think this is one of the most interesting, like as I said in the intro, genre aesthetic mutations that we've been tracking the last few years. I'm going to put on Lil Tracy's Beautiful Nightmare. Oh, I really enjoyed this song. All right, so let's listen to a little bit of this so we can hear some of that uh, pop punk into hip hop uh, mutation. I pulled up in a all black 
seconds Diamonds on my wrist Shawty scream my name So I signed it on her tits Yeah, yeah I'm tatted everywhere I like to play Like, the, yeah. this is so the the melody and harmony is, like, ripped straight from, like, some 41 Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really t- sounds like you took the stem of a some 41 guitar track and then just put a trap beat over it. Uh, and the funny thing is how well it works. Yeah, I mean, Tracy and, you know, Lil Peep and Goth Boy Click and that sort of extended universe, I feel like some of those people are... Uh, doing some of the most uh, forward-thinking work in this department. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I was looking up who, uh, who Lil Tracy is. He's the, the son of musicians. He's the son of uh, one of the guys from Diggable Planets and oh, one of the women from an R&B trio called SWV. So he's like a yeah. second gen musician guy. So he's like he's he's probably pulling a lot of stuff from a lot of different places. sources. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that, well, I had never heard this before. I listened to your playlist, Juicebox, and I, as soon as those like uh, harmonies came in, I was just like, "Oh God, this is <laughs> like this takes me right back to." I think I'm one of the one of the things in your talk house column of just like really thinking about pop punk as like a teenage music. Uh, no matter what age the people who are making it or listening to it, I think is useful to me just because I don't know. That's, that's the time at which uh, things felt the worst and the most, and there wasn't any way of like processing it. And so like the, the idea of like obnoxious music or just like big music or extremely like loudly sad music seemed to fit the bill and like seeing that aesthetic kind of fit into this next generation of like SoundCloud rappers is cool to me. Yeah. I mean, it's really exciting. I remember my, uh, my friend took me to a little peep show sort of like early ish on in that, uh, saga. And I remember just being, this was like, it was, it was at like the Marlin room, the small room of Webster hall. Okay. It was already, it was kind of at the point where he was selling that out, but hadn't like fully blown yet. And it was just so clear to me that it was in the, even in that small room, it was in the lineage of the Warp Tour. Mm-hmm. Kids were like jumping on stage and taking selfies and then crowd surfing. It felt just like very contemporary, but also, of course, just like timeless, you know? And yeah. I, I, to me, like that whole wave, uh, it's probably the most exciting thing or at one point it was the most exciting thing happening in music for me. And, uh, you know, I'm a little bit older, so I can't, I didn't really feel comfortable like making music that sounds exactly like that Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. It didn't feel intuitive because I'm not fucking 22. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, I was very, I was very inspired by it in my own way as a songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. So you obviously juice box, you are a musician. You just came out with a new album. Um, like what, how does the like pop punk aesthetic work its way into what you've been making or does it, is it conscious or is it like something that just kind of happens? Well, it's like, I guess with my own music, it's even wider than like the past 20 years of, uh, it's of pop punk or whatever. It's pretty much just like, I look at all of, at this point, I look at all of rock history as on a level playing field because it all is like sort of irrelevant. Yeah. And I'm just like so excited by that or just by thinking about like, you know, like late seventies power pop or like Lou Reed or Jonathan Richmond as the same as like some 41 or something. Yeah. And that's, 
so even crazier in some ways than the the playlist the own music i make is really just kind of like trying to thread some weird weird de- needles you know yeah yeah just going back in, into here i want to bring up too just to go back to that that high school or that teenage aesthetic yeah as i was listening through here one song that really stuck out for me as being probably like fairly quintessentially what we would think of in the in the early aughts as pop punk but also is maybe the best distillation of that feeling is Bowling for Soup's High School Never Ends. Oh my God, that song is psychotic. Uh, it is. It's, I mean, it's like almost a, a joke song, but it is like basically the the feeling and, and summation of the attitude of most of these songs. Uh, so I'll play a little bit of that right yeah. here. At least try to get to the chorus. Great. Soup was in the movie Crossroads, the Britney Spears movie. They played the graduation party. I did not realize that. They're legends. Wow. I went to go. I went to go see them play a few years ago. Actually. How how was how was that? <laughs> oh, it was great. My my friends uh, my friends band was on tour with them. Okay. So I I got in and. I feel like yeah. Bowling, I mean, Bowling for Soup. Oh, go ahead. The I feel like Bowling for Soup played the punk band in like. 10 different movies. Well, they were like the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, but just like cranked a little bit yeah, one, yeah. one direction. Yes, exactly. That song had, this song has really, really wild dated uh, reference points too. Yeah. As far as the lyrics go. But that, that sentiment at the end of being like all the stuff that you hated about high school uh, and, and thought was so uh, important and unique to that era of your life, the the pettiness, the superficiality, mm-hmm. uh, the, the feeling that, uh, the, there, there is a conforming overclass and you are part of the unconforming underclass. Yeah, that's the entirety of life. Uh, and it never ends. And it made me think about like maybe the classic Blink-182 line of uh, nobody likes you when you're 23. Uh, and then yeah. thinking about now also being a little older, how weird that line is. Because it's like you're not a teenager, but you're not like an adult enough for people to respect you. But when you're listening to the song when you're like 14, it sounds like a joke that it's so old. But also kind of like a curse in a way. Yeah, exactly. Like when you, you know, when I, the first time I heard that song, I was probably like, I don't know, 12, like 11 or 12. Yeah. And hearing nobody likes you when you're 23, it was plausible to me. I'm like, I don't know. Sure. That 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 sound, <laughs> that time sounds like it sucks for everybody. Yeah. But then when, you, when I actually was 23, because like people make those jokes when you like turn 23, I'm like, it's kind of true. Like, no, I'm useless right now. Like, yeah. I'm out of school. I have no purpose. I'm tr- desperately trying to find one. And I'm obnoxious as fuck. Like, I yeah. still suck. Yeah. But just that sense of the uh, the perpetual adolescence uh, that you think that you're never going to escape, like, literally never going to get out of when you are a teen or a child or an actual adolescent. And then when you actually physically leave that era of your life, realizing that that 
even though you did escape it, it will never escape you. Yes. Oh, no God. doubt. <laughs> um, also, I mean, just thinking one of the, you know, big, big deep thoughts I had about music a while ago was just thinking about how like when I was uh, a young, a young dude, music was stuff I listened to while I thought about what I was eventually going to like do with my life. <laughs> and then you get older and then you actually maybe like do stuff while you listen to music. Like you, like you work, uh, you know, God forbid, or like you're like at a party, like hanging out with people. But the feeling of like stasis combined with like hope and ambition, I think is like the pop punk thing of being like, I just, I'm going to walk around and like look at shit because I have nothing, like I don't have a driver's license or like I don't have a car or like I don't really have like consistent friends. Like that feeling of pop punk, I feel like is all over this playlist in like weird different ways. And that's the stuff that the older I get, the more like poignant it feels and the more important it is to like hold on to because otherwise I'll just completely forget what it feels like to be a young, a young dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a reason why like, you know, people, boomers go to Springsteen shows or whatever. I think it's like a similar thing Mm -hmm. that you can kind of thread through all of rock and roll history, essentially. And that's why it's hard to make rock music and mature because essentially like in order for it to be good, you still have to be like connected to some teenage feeling and, you know, trying to figure out how to navigate that as a songwriter or something is like an interesting uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it really is like all good. Most most of the best rock music to me is like juvenile in some way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And attempts to make it, uh, you know, a mature, thoughtful end up often veering into the realm of, of corniness or like prog or something, which can also be very good. But, you know, uh, no doubt. But yeah, the, the, I think the thing that you're trying to capture that that energeticness as mm-hmm. like like ener- energeticness as a genre onto itself. Yes. Yeah. Especially now. And, and I think that that is what one of the things that makes this uh, interesting is you're trying to wrestle with what it means to be pop punk in like 2020 is that, you know, a lot of music right now is, as we've said on the show before, like very languid. Kind of chill and sad. Like terminally yeah, chill and so. sad and like not even, even like regardless of tempo, just kind of about um, loneliness or isolation or so many songs about not wanting to be at parties that you're at. Yeah. Uh, st- stuff like that. And so the the very um, presence of youthful, juvenile uh, aggressiveness or, or a sense of rebellion can, at least right now, be be kind of given a genre onto itself. Yeah, and I think that's why, like, you know, this is this is less to do with pop punk, but that's why when you see, like, certain, like, hardcore tours that I've seen happen over the past year or so, they're really exciting to me. And you have, like, kind of a noisy band, like a straight kind of mosh hardcore band and maybe something that's almost like digital hardcore on the same bill. And I think it's just because, you know, aggression has been, like, there's aggressive music is pretty niche now. So when yeah. you put, you kind of have to put together a diverse uh, package sometimes in order to uh make it work and i think that's exciting though if if people have to like kind of collaborate and different worlds have to collide to make something cool to me that's that's kind of like fertile uh zone for some interesting music Mm -hmm. yeah and there's definitely a demand for that uh yeah i think we were we were definitely talking about it when we were streaming last night and i think we've talked about it more on the show but we were watching that travis scott documentary that came out uh and it 
profiles a lot like his fans' response to his music. Um, and the kids in those in those Travis Scott shows like are desperate, desperate to mosh to something, yeah, anything. And I think a lot of Travis Scott's music is is uh, you know at least pretty good. But it is always funny to me to see these kids just like fucking backflipping and stage diving and tearing their clothes apart and like smashing their heads against walls uh, to like to the music of Travis Scott, which is largely like him coming up on stage and being like, I got up kind of late. I don't know what I'm going to do. I might have a date. It's, you know, it's like, again, more in that like languid, like my life's pretty cool. Yeah. And I do dope shit. Yeah. Might be on a private plane later. And like it cuts back to the kids. Like just beating the shit back, out of each back other, back flipping off each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it just does speak to that demand, and I think that that's what a lot of the uh, like harder SoundCloud rap was speaking to. It was just like it doesn't really matter what the music is, just like make it hard and fast. Yeah, and I think that you know the weird for the past few years, it's kind of been like there's no rules, and as long as there's like some hard 808 drums under it, you yeah. can sample. Mm-hmm. You can sample like an emo band or something. It doesn't really matter. Or the, uh, the, 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 not Prince, the, um, the, the sting, like beautiful guitar line in that juice world song. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's, it's cool. I think. Um, and yeah, I tried to touch on that as much as possible in the playlist, but I also tried to touch on just like, you know, rock is so niche and within those niches, there's all these absurd, like smaller niches. So like with pop punk, you know, there's all of these a million different like micro strains of pop punk yes. with their own weird codes. But it all pretty much outs- like the recording quality is probably the only difference between a lot of these bands. Yeah. Between <laughs> yeah. like Blink and Tyvek or something. Yeah, exactly. And like, so like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, the dream is that some kid stumbles onto some stuff on this. That yeah. doesn't like alienate them. Um, so I want to go back then to that thing that we started off talking about that like late nineties, early two thousands era, uh, where a bunch of different strains of what had been, I guess, punk, which as, as I understand it, the idea of quote, true punk only existed for about three months in the middle, in the summer of 1977. Yeah. And everything since then has basically been some form of post or post punk or pop punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then thinking about that aesthetic that kind of congealed at the end of the 90s, uh, you know, when Blink and some Sum 41 were running up and down the uh, the uh, TRL playlists <laughs> and really like. Yeah, I thought I thought you were going to say the, like the TRL set, like, you know, mooning each other. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, that, but that yes, too. The, the charts as well. The, the TRL charts and being perhaps arguably the dominant force in rock music, at least for a few years there. Is what you're trying to catalog here, would you say that that is a direct spiraling of influence from that singular moment when pop punk was the dominant? Was pop. Was pop and was popular. the dominant form of rock music. Uh, Do you think that all of this is like directly inspired by that moment? Or do you think it's more like uh, uh, trying to take a label that was put on those things and put it on and apply it to other things. I mean, like I could have probably made a more focused playlist that could have just been music that I felt like was derived from that moment when pop punk was truly mainstream. But, and there's a, there's plenty, I mean, it's nine hours. Yeah. So there's, so there's plenty, plenty of, here. I mean, I'm plenty. staring at a little segment right now that has Avril Lavigne and Jimmy world, like four songs away from each other. Yeah. So, I mean, like I tried to definitely cover a lot of the, big big pop stuff or all of it and then the stuff that drive from it but then there's plenty of stuff that just has like nothing to do with that 
Mm-hmm. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, Japanther or something is more coming out of, like, a sort of pack Northwest, like, K-Records or, like, a New York No Wave or whatever. They mm-hmm. have their own, like, influences that, like, maybe, the, you know, of course, the Ramones or something, but they're not necessarily, they don't have anything to do with Blink-182 or Sum 41 in some ways, or Tyvek or the Black Lips, you know what I mean? There's yeah. plenty of bands on here that I that are definitely coming from a totally different tradition, uh, or the Spits, you know? Uh, that's more derived from like garage or lo-fi or twee pop even. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, in a way I really complicated it. And I'm like, there's not really a singular statement happening here. It's just kind of like, I don't know, for me that something happens when you listen to a bunch of music that's pretty disparate, but there's like some minor common thread where like as a somebody who makes music, it's a way to kind of open up your brain yes. to like new ideas. So yeah, I, it, there's a lot happening and it's pretty pretty all over the map. <laughs> um, well, would you say that a part of this is at least in some some attempt to like reclaim the word? Because as, as I was getting at earlier when I said that, you know, I think a lot of people our age consider their pop punk phase kind of like a, uh, you know, either a guilty pleasure or, you know, a, as cringe inducing as having a mall goth phase or something like that, even though we, we love our mall goths here on the show as well. We do. Uh, but so, even among the uh, more, I don't know, like poptimist music critics uh, or circles that tried to find the most kind of critical value in the most broadly popular forms of music. I feel like the idea of pop punk has like largely been sneered at by most connoisseurs of music until relatively recently. Would you say that this is kind of a, an attempt to reclaim that meaning? Well, you know, it's funny because there's certain like, you know, as far as like critics and record collectors and whatever that sector of music fans goes there's pop punk that's acceptable and there's pop punk that's not acceptable you know yeah yeah like you know there's there's pop punk that record collectors like or whatever and then there's a bunch of stuff that is just like disgusting to them yeah Yeah. and i guess like the if there's one if there's one point i'm trying to make here is that none of that matters that there's a full-on flattening of what all guitar music means and music inspired by guitar music means Mm -hmm. so like there's no, there's no like taste hierarchy here. I think that was the biggest thing is yeah. that like for me, like newfound glory is about, it's, it means about the same as like some super lo-fi band, you know, uh, singing through a distortion pedal or uh, whatever. Yeah, uh, Newfound glory and times new Viking. Yeah, exactly. Those are kind of, <laughs> in some way there's, those are two like poles of the, of the, uh, the playlist. Yeah. And like, I'm just like, uh, this is about the same. It's just like kind of tuneful guitar music. That's sort of snotty. Yeah. This uh, this re- what this wh- reminds me of is uh, uh we did a previous episode of uh and introducing about Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend's blogs like his college blog and he was talking about like the idea of just like subtle subtle differences in vibes over time and like the idea that like a 17th century vase and a 16th century vase would seem inc- incredibly different like at the time, but to a viewer like 3000 years later, they looked like it's like it's two vases. It's whatever. And so I feel like this this playlist in a way is kind of like the accelerating of the equating of like all this aesthetic as one thing, even though it is like vastly different and people are coming from different scenes and different backgrounds and different locations and different times. Like it's still like I imagine, a, you know, if this gets burned onto a 
uh, a hard disc, uh, a several, soft, a floppy disc, several hundred reel to reel reels. Yeah, and then you yeah, know, buried, buried in the desert, and then you know, found a thousand years later. Like someone would listen to this and be like, "Oh yeah, it's like this, this is a vibe. This is early twentieth century popular music." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think so. <laughs> all right, I want to play some songs just because I had all those those three a few things right in front of me. Uh, let let's. Let's actually compare these because I have Newfound Glory and Times New Viking. Great. <laughs> right right here. They're pretty close in the list. So I'm going to play Sincerely Me by Newfound Glory uh, just to give a taste of that classic pop punk sound. Dear your name here. It's been a long time, very long time. Since I, I do, I have to say, I really uh, like a lot of this music, but I do hate that lucky bass tone. <laughs> nasal, it's, I mean, it's, it's all yeah, there. It's the the nasal nasally harmonies, singing. the big uh, wall of power chords, the, you know, the chunky rhythmic uh, uh, chordal backing to the uh, verses and choruses. Again, that this is, yeah, go this for it. is like proto easy core too. I believe Newfound Glory had a shirt that called themselves Easy Core, and that's sort of the beginning of this whole other sub sub genre of pop punk <laughs> metal. Wow, where it's I, essentially pop punk with some like hardcore metalcore breakdowns. Okay, I had I had never heard of Easy Core, and I'm I get really excited when I find out about new <laughs> new sub genres. I'm I'm hoping they called it that specifically because it, they were like it's like uh, hardcore but much easier to play yeah I mean uh, you need to do your uh, interview with me on the way for this <laughs> <laughs> maybe someday I would love to talk to those guys alright so this is like the classic pop uh, punk sound and then let's talk about the other thing that I just referenced which is uh, Times New Viking a band that I remember the real noise heads at my uh, radio station, we're all all into back in the the heady Ooh. days of two thousand eight or two thousand nine. I think I reviewed an album from this band when I was like writing music reviews for zero dollars yeah. per review, like my senior year of college. So this is parentheses my head off Times New Vikings. Rip it off. Shit gaze was the genre. Shit gaze, yeah, wonderful. Oh, I re- I do remember this one. Yeah. Yeah, and as Listen, said, I, know, yeah, go. I know it's a bit of a fucking stretch. Some of this shit is a bit of a stretch. Like, I get that. And, like, but ultimately, like, I think the whole point is just, like, who fucking gives a shit, people? Yeah. Like, we got, like, these fucking stupid ass battles people fight over music. It just doesn't fucking matter anymore. Yeah. 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 And it, it's funny because it's like, listen to this now. You know, at the time, I'm, I mean, I bet they had a good time. I was going to say the guys and the guys and lady in Time You Vikings. Uh, would probably have been hated to be compared to uh, Newfound Glory, but they honestly probably had a good sense of humor about it. But you wouldn't like go to one of these sh- shows and be listening to them blast this stuff at your uh, piercing decibels with like almost no ability to discern where one instrument started and wh- another one stopped, and like lean over to your fellow noise bro and be like, "Oh, these guys rock. They sound just like Newfound Glory." No, but, hell no, no. But like 50, 
like 10, 15 years later, they're more similar than they are different, you know? It's tuneful. Yeah, it's tuneful. And it's got the the simple melodies, major keys, big walls of guitar sound. You can can yell it. You can Uh, sing along to it. Now let's go one step further here and play another one that's also right in front of me on this playlist. You'll, you'll hear it when I play it. Well, I guess I have to announce it. You need to announce it. <laughs> uh, this is Hot and Cold by Katy Perry. Oh, yes. Wait for the chorus. I think it, the, the, when the chorus hits, I think that's the real unifying pop punk uh, yeah, vibe. This song has my my favorite the the Kelly Clarkson guitars. Yeah, the since you've been gone style, like super super crunchy pop guitars. Yeah, I love that too. Mac- Max Martin top. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. When I like when those uh when that chorus hits, you're like, oh yes, I get it. This is a top song. I guess I think what I'm trying to draw from all three of these songs together is that the thing that is like revelatory about what you're what you have structured here is that not only are these songs all pop punk, but pop punk is the only genre that you could use to link all these things together. And I get what you're saying about how the, the purpose of all of this is to kind of like open new neural pathways by using something that is immediately obvious that all these things are to pull together a bunch of different, you know, threads of popular music. Yeah, I mean, when I was when I was putting together this playlist, I spent probably too much time on it. Uh, I would and like kind of sequencing it and thinking about it, I would go for these long walks listening to it through Mazpeth, Queens uh-huh. and like. I just remember feeling so fucking good. Uh, like there's just like every one of these songs just hit in a way, in a very specific way for me. And like one after another, it just was like act- actually just like one of the best uh, best things I did with my time over the past year. <laughs> in terms of just like, you know, walking like for eight miles through Queens and listening to these weird pop punk songs uh, for like eight hours, it really, really did... Uh, kind of uh open open my mind <laughs> yeah can i can i ask did you um a, a did, did you have one song that kind of like was the er song that like kicked it off and b how much did you like sequence this stuff in order to like flow or like create weird pat like connections between the songs that it was around like how much finessing happened if we can um, if we can dig behind the scenes here I pretty much uh, there. I can't remember what the first song was. I think it was more like I had like 30 songs in mind at first and yeah. I just kept on ha- feeling like I had to add stuff. I pretty much would just go for these. It's kind of twisted. I would go for these long ass walks in like Mazpeth and just listen to that shit on shuffle. Yeah. And when there was like a thing, when there was a transition that was like hitting for me, I would just like make a note of it. Yeah. Essentially. And that was like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's nine hours, so a lot of this stuff is, like, trial and error, but I definitely just, like, spent a lot of time walking, uh, drinking uh, Dunkin', Co- Dunkin Donuts uh, brand coffee and just fucking, uh, you know, loving life and trying to figure this out. I mean, yeah, it just kept kept uh, stacking up on itself. Uh, the Dunkin' Donuts brand coffee is key because I, I would very clearly think that Dunkin' Donuts is the pop-punk brand of coffee. 
big, yeah, bright. No doubt. Punkin' Donuts. That's the No Effects shirt. Punkin' Donuts. Punkin' you know? Donuts, yeah. <laughs> um, are the, are No Effects Boston guys? No, nah, that's that's like, uh, that's California. Oh, that's California. Well, I, I feel like they didn't get Duncan until recently, so that's a, a cross cross-cultural but reference they, yeah though no, they they had to reach across the across the, the, the flyover country. zone to yeah. to get that sweet sweet duncan no but it is it's uh it's big it's bold it's got the brighter colors uh it's got the 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 bolder flavor it's a little sweeter it's a little extreme yeah oh you you get it regular you know like the, i remember one of the first times i was on tour in new england i was at a duncan and they're like you want a regular style and i was like yeah fine and I didn't know that regular style, you know, that's just like seven sugars, yeah. six cream. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, it's basically a, a white coffee. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's so, the rocket so, fuel though. Ooh. Yeah. But that is like, that's the, the, um, 140 tempo, you know, drum fill and, uh, major key riff of a, of a pop punk song hitting you. The, this is a complete, uh, aside, but I'll never forget Chris when we were like going somewhere and we were getting done, maybe like a Penn station, Duncan and you, you ordered an iced coffee and you tried to say light on the sugar and I think they heard light and sugar and they just gave you like the whitest coffee I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life just like absolutely loaded with sugar it was so beautiful yeah fucking I mean listen I could talk about I wrote a song about <clears throat> Dunkin Donuts I know I want to yeah, die in a Dunkin well I we we, we purposely uh, uh steer this conversation this way because uh we know that you're a big Dunkin fan and, and Molly and I uh are also uh big big Dunkin fans uh, yeah, na- nationalized Dunkin' Donuts is is yeah. what I say. Yeah. America Dunkin does run all. on Dunkin'. What I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to to pull into this. I was reading. Um, I, w- I was literally just looking at what what kind of uh, like literature there is about pop punk uh, available on the internet. Period. And one of the I feel like the last time like the internet took a good look at pop punk as like a concept was when Blink 182 put out. Um, their 2017 album California, California. Yes. and the attitude was so much like oh we're still doing this mm-hmm. like oh they're like they're these guys are like 40 plus now and they're still writing songs about being 16 or like maybe they've upped the age to like 22 at this point or something well, they went from maybe 23 to 25 uh and they I just I liked the at the at the end of the this piece is a New Yorker article about called Reviving the Pop Punk Innocence of Blink One Eighty Two. It said pop punk and its ability to express foolishness and by extension true joy feels eternal. And I I like that idea that like we've talked a lot about on the show about like being musicians being as dumb as you want to be mm-hmm. and like foolishness I think goes hand in hand with that of just not necessarily not not caring what other people think which is you know the whole point of this playlist in a way is like stop arguing about you know the intricacies of like genre or scene and just like enjoy this shit yeah but uh, even though the pop punk kids would probably argue the, the again the late 90s people would probably argue the most about genre and, and scene oh totally yeah. i mean and they still they still do or like some of these bands that i put on here you know it's like they belong to like a very specific corner of pop punk yeah. that yeah. is still like a thing people believe in but i'm not so interested in that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked, I liked the, the idea of like foolishness as the, the, you know, totally. reason, raison d'etre <laughs> pop punk. And I think some of the like more actual pop stuff that you put on the playlist, like I was very pleased to see, uh, Icona pop. I love it on there. Cause I feel oh, like yeah, that, that song rips. is, is incredibly pop punk in it's like, uh, production and theme. Like the, the synthesis of those two is just perfection to me. 
Yeah, I mean, any one of these bands could probably cover any other one of these bands. That's yes. just something to think about. Yes, yes and you put perfect. you put a couple of covers in as well. I think there is a Weezer cover by someone. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one's like a little abstract. That's like a Flannery from this band called Odd Wallet Twelve Twenty One that I've put out records for on my label. I re- uh, I really enjoyed that. Do you want to cue that up? Uh, let's see if I can find it. Who? What is the What is the name of the artist? It's Pinky Rose and Air Pop. It's from the soundtrack to this movie, Mommy, that was made by this New York artist, Maggie Lee. All right, give me a second. Uh, Pinky, <laughs> yeah. Pinky, it's a long playlist. Pinky Rose. It's P, I think it's P, maybe Pinky is with a one instead of an I. I'm just making this <laughs> shit hard for you. Right. Oh, okay. It, it's, is it the one that has a bunch of numbers? So it's 54 yeah. Y, 1, 7. Yes. 41 and 7. Cover. It's a, which all spells out in like numeric letter thing. Say it ain't so. So let's listen to this. Isn't, didn't they call that leet, leet speak? Yeah. foundational elements of the genre uh, being sarcastic and flippant, but they're doing it by being like incredibly uh, laconic in this cover yeah like yeah, I mean, snotty is a band. word that yeah it's snotty yeah her band uh, the Adwala they were called Adwala 88 and they're called Adwala 1221 they, I, if they had they don't have any music on Spotify but I would have put some stuff uh they did. A, they were like it was two two women who kind of were doing that deadpan delivery, but over a lot of like sampled loops for, of guitars. Sure. Like I hate to like say it, but just like sort of like deconstructed punk uh, on some level, like <laughs> sound collage. Yeah. But like fucking incredible band, uh, and like uh, yeah, that's sort of a taste of how they how they threw down. Uh, definitely like one of the best of the be- past decade. I always try to shout them out because they flew a little below the radar. Yeah, I, re- I really I really enjoyed that that cover. Listen, so, sometimes things are deconstructed, and you, you, you can't help like. You, it's, it's yeah. just the way things are. They're uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, I don't know when you're sampling stuff and putting it through a uh, and looping it and then just talking over it. Like, I don't there's probably a better way to say it. But <laughs> just like, I'm not that smart. I'm not that smart. <laughs> Got to call it deconstructed. And like, I'm a fucking bad music critic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess one of the, the last things I would say is like, what do you want to you want to get people thinking about this genre in a different way? Uh what would you like the ultimate goal of this to be? If, I mean, if you had like a magic wand in which you could, uh, you know, get this essay, you know, read by every music critic and every musician or every serious music consumer and get everybody to like look at this playlist, like what, what would you want them to feel or think about this? Is like you want more people self-consciously making music that they think is pop punk? Do you want people uh, more like looking at things and saying, oh, that I like that because it is 
pop punk, like whether it's a, again, like a new Ariana Grande song or some, you know, new noise EDM artist out of Missouri or something. Uh, I mean, you know, like to me, like a really special thing can happen when a DJ culture can like influence uh, people that actually make the music, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't happen that often, but I've definitely seen it happen even in my lifetime. And like, that's pretty lofty goals and obviously like absurd for me to say that this Spotify playlist is going to have any effect on anybody, but yeah, well, ideally, I mean, I'm, I'm asking you to make that assumption. So you're, I'm yeah, let me, you let me, right let now. me just, let me just like, yeah, let me make that assumption for fun and just say that like, I would like to think that maybe, uh, you know, the past 20 years of rock music have just been chaos and there's been like great music, but there hasn't really been like any major narrative mm -hmm. and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I think that maybe in a way to just like put all this stuff next to each other, some kid can just pick through it. Like some kid who's like 19 now doesn't have the baggage to know why like you're not supposed to put like Times New Viking and New Young Glory on the same playlist. They don't know. They don't give a shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they yeah. just don't. Like the, the the kind of arguments we are like roughly our generation had about music just like they're still happening, but I feel like they're happening less with young kids. Mm -hmm. So if you're 19, just to listen to all this music might be new to you, you know, or a lot of it might be new to you. And like, maybe you start making some connections between it. And like, I don't even really care about the idea of pushing music forward or anything at this point. It just doesn't matter that much. But I think it's just, you know, the process of listening to music and being inspired and creating music, that's its own reward. So I maybe hope some kids just get inspired in some minor way to do it. You know, that's yeah. all that I really care about. Yeah, that's, that's great. And that would have been a good one to question to end on, but, um, I wanted to, uh, bring one thing up and I just realized that I had this ta tab open. Uh, do you have any feelings or thoughts of it all about the new green day album? <laughs> that's funny. You know, it's like, I haven't actually listened to it outside of the, uh, the single, yeah. But uh, I, I, I listened to the Howard Stern interview on tour mm -hmm. and uh, and I'm, I, and there's that, you know, about that tour that's happening. That's fallout boy, Green Day and Weezer playing stadiums. Yeah. Well, it's probably not happening now, but yeah, I, yeah, I saw. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Forgot about. Yeah, yeah. Temporarily. <laughs> but temporarily no, no, I forgot about. Yeah. But no, I remember them announcing that. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the average, they, let's see, that's the thing is Green Day, the way they approached it. I don't know. You probably saw those insane billboards where it looked yeah, like it was, lines of coke underscoring every like absurd statement like that to me that's the opposite way to treat rock music now yeah like i'm surely they're going after like a very specific target audience but my kind of take is that like 18 or 19 year olds they're not afraid of rock music they just want it to be cool and interesting you know yeah, yeah. like and it's like all of the baggage of like no trap drums no blob you know what i mean yes. like that's yeah. the absolute wrong way to like i think you could be the most traditional rock band and if you're doing it in a way that's slightly tweaked aesthetically or like interesting in some small way yeah like i think that like i think that in a way green day feel like they need to fucking say this stuff because they feel like they need to be defensive because they're not like making like super contemporary music but i think that that matters less and less like they should just be like i don't know they should just be like, here's a Green Day record. Like, yes, exactly. Here's a Green here's Day. Here's a album. Green Day album. We're great. Yeah, we have, all our albums are like, you know, you get a Green Day album. It's it's great. It's fine. Yeah, I, just yeah, to they, make sure if people didn't see this, I have the, the I had this uh, billboard pulled up because I did want to see what you thought about it. It is a giant billboard that they put, I guess, somewhere in California. That yeah, as as Juicebox said, under each each of these announcements is like what appears to be like a line of coke. Uh, it says no features, no Swedish songwriters, no trap beats, a hundred percent pure uncut rock green day father of all in the full album. That's what's killing rock music. Yeah. You know? Like that yeah. kind of attitude, like 
I don't give it like I think you should be able to make super like irrelevant like rock guitar music like I think that's fine but I think that you should just have like a sense of humor about it or yeah. be like open to culture in a way like dude Green Day you made a Broadway musical about your songs yeah, don't, don't totally. pretend like you're too hard for music <laughs> right now yeah no I don't know like I I, I feel like they could have approached it differently you know like yeah. kid, get, kids are gonna like Yo, like, you know, you I go to McDonald's in my neighborhood and fucking Fall Out Boy plays Green Day plays. Kids of all ages are singing along to that shit. It's yeah. not like these songs are forgotten. Yeah. Uh, you just like, it's just like they have a, they're one of the few rock bands that have like an opportunity to like connect with a larger swath of people than just like a tiny niche in a way. Yeah. And instead they got all fucking uppity about it. Yeah. Yes. That's very not. Uh, that's very anti-pop punk of them. I feel like they're trying to yeah. gun for the like uh, Grammy for like rock album of the year yeah. or whatever. Which, is it which you can't pry that out of Foo Fighters' hands anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna give like, it to Foo Fighters. They're going to give it to Dave Grohl or Foo Fighters or the two of them together. Like you're not going to get it, Green Day. Like this campaign is not going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's rock a with point. a capital a capital R O C K is like that's that's not enough anymore, man. Yeah. Just put out the album. <laughs> anyway. Take a cool picture, maybe. <laughs> that's that I did want to talk about that Green Day thing because <laughs> I thought that whole their whole push out of that was so funny and so anti what their whole deal should be at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I'm I like I feel like even Weezer or something, they're like a bit like people like to clown on contemporary Weezer, and that's like like I, I on some level I understand that, but like I fuck with Weezer because they're at least like trying to like do some weird shit. Rivers Como is always trying to do some weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their latest thing was just that album of covers, which was kind of Rivers Cuomo fully being like, you know, this is also something we talked about on the stream last night. Yeah. Was uh, kind of in its own way, in a kind of cool way, Rivers Cuomo kept being like, you know, Weezer was always just a pastiche band of other, other types of power pop and punk, punk music. So why not just do a full covers album? I mean, I've been basically trying and to sell, do covers. And sell out Madison Square Garden in yeah. the process. I've basically been trying to do covers my entire career. Why not just go ahead and do them? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just like they, they I think they're more cogent that they exist in this tradition, but they're not like defensive about it, you know? Like yeah. here's Sync Through Autotune if he feels like it. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just make a good pop song. Yeah. Yeah, that's all that this should be about, you know? Yeah. Like uh, ultimately it's just about a, a, a form. Yeah. Yep. Um, anything, anything else, Molly? I, that's all I got. That's all she wrote. Uh, Juicebox, you want to talk about your current thing for a little bit? Yeah, very quickly. Uh, it's easy to feel like a nobody when you're living in the city out now on uh, Danger Bird Records. Uh, I, I will, I will go harder. We, uh, saw Juicebox, uh, perform, uh, last year. Last year. Uh, and it was one of the most, uh, wild rip-roaring concerts I went to, certainly that year, definitely in, um, the last few years. If you get a chance, if Juicebox comes to your neighborhood, you're you're gonna go on tour maybe eventually. Again, eventually, maybe. Well, yeah, uh, the the uh, the pop punk band that is included, or they're more than a, but they're on my pop punk playlist. Waves, uh, they 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 invited me out to support them for a few weeks, and that yeah. uh, tour is probably uh, uh, I don't know we we. That's it's it's it, I don't know if it's been announced, but there's probably like uh it's it's unclear what what the future of that tour is. Yeah, it's, it's unclear what the future. Postponed. I mean, it's unclear what you can the like fade that those. out. You can fade that out as I speak. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> we, we you know what never. I mean? Like I don't because I, I don't I don't know if they've announced. I don't know. It, there hasn't been any official announcements. Yeah. but like you know, right. you I'll, can kind of. I'll cut around it and just say 
we can all say that the the future of basically everything right now is uncertain. Yes, but ho- of course. Hopefully, of course. Uh, you know, you will be out on the road at some point in the future. As hopefully, we will all be out on the road doing something. Just doing in the something, yeah. congregating. Um, and then also, I'm I'm going to plug Juicebox your the the box report, which is your uh, yeah. newsletter, which I find fucking awesome, and it has all kinds of great recommendations for new tunes, many of which I haven't heard of the you know, genre, let alone the artists, like uh, some good, weird international stuff. Um, that's always nice to have in your inbox besides the literally 3,000 emails I've gotten from every company I've ever interacted with in the past five years saying what they're doing to deal with coronavirus. Uh, you know, insomnia yeah, cookies no, There's going to be no mention of that word in the box report. Hell yeah. Great. 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 Uh, keep, keeping it good vibes. That, that alone is a reason to subscribe, let alone all the other good stuff that, that comes in it. Uh, all right. Well, if we've all gone through plugs, I will move uh, competently into the end part part of this episode. Uh, Juicebox, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, love yes, talking thank about you. this. Love uh, reclaiming and re-rating and uh, redefining genres on this uh, on this show. Um, and hopefully, we'll talk to you more in the future. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. This is great. Uh, what's your What's your Twitter handle? Juice Juicebox with three X's USA. I think. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. that's across the board. Uh, you can follow Juicebox online at Juicebox with three X's USA. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at andintropod or send us an email at andintroducingpod at gmail.com. I will say uh, the value of sending us an email. We are reading currently reading a book for our next episode that was suggested through uh, email listeners. So, yes, uh, we do listen. We do read. We do listen. We do respond. Uh, our SoundCloud is, as always, at soundcloud.com slash andintropod. And remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate and review while you're there. Leave good, uh, you know, new, no uh, snotty juvenile pop punk complaints in the comment section. Only a good, uh, good compliments. Don't don't prank call, you know. Uh, don't don't what's my age again? Us yes. and, and prank call iTunes and say this podcast sucks. Yes, we won't like that. Uh, but until then, we will be back in another two weeks with more stories of music, musicians, genre, or whatever the hell we feel like talking about. Uh, Until then, we have been and introducing.